Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Second Samuel chapter number 8, starting with verse, verse number 1. The Bible says, And after this it came to pass that David smote the Philistines and subdued them. David took Methagama out of the hand of the Philistines, and he smote Moab and measured them with a line, cast them down to the ground, even with two lines, measured he to put to death, and with one full line to keep alive. So the Moabites became David's servants and brought gifts. For a little while tonight, and I, I guarantee you I won't hold you alone, just because unless the spirit really just does something, because my body's tired. I will not mince words concerning that. My body is tired. This is uh, like third or fourth time speaking, and just you include the funeral, funeral, Saturday morning, uh, Sunday morning, now, now. And so I feel like we're back evangelizing again. But, uh, and so that reminds me I don't want to go back there because I'm tired. But we're going to lean on the Spirit tonight. And uh, I'd like to minister this some things just have to die. Some things, is that what I said? Okay, some things must die. That's what I told my wife, so let me. It's all right. I've seen people change it up before. Some things must die. Some things must die. Let's pray to the Lord together. Father, we come to you this evening. God, I magnify you. God, I the church say amen amen you may be seated amen here this evening some things must die some things must die as it, as it would be customarily with David in his battles and the battles that were fought for that matter for any individual is that of course whenever the battle was won and it was said and done there were uh, spoils to be taken many times uh, as a result of those spoils, it went beyond just uh, gold and silver and garments. Many times it extended all the way to individuals, uh, people. 
And as a result of that, David would have within his span of spoils for uh, the accomplishments of the battles that he had just done, the overcoming, the subduing of people and cities that he had just done within those spoils now are some people that are there. And so with those people, David of the Moabites, particularly, he begins to go through uh, the spoils of the crowd uh, that were just there. And as he began to pass through the crowd of his spoils, he begins to make some decisions. There were some decisions that had to be made with the spoils of the people that he had brought uh, under his care now that he had subdued them. And as he's passing through, he's making some uh, distinguishing marks upon their bodies. It's kind of peculiar, actually, but he's making some distinguishing marks on their body. And I really wish I had a permanent marker. That would have been very well, a big fat one tonight. But as he was going through there, he, he would mark one with, with a line. And then he would come across another, and he was judging them, and he would mark another. He's already got lines on his head, my goodness. Uh, he would mark another just with a, a, <laughs> with a couple of lines. I can't speak. I got him too. Uh, <clears throat> but he, would, he was going through the crowd, and so he's marking one with a line, another with a couple of lines. And in doing that, he was separating this group of people. He was separating the spoils right there. He had various individuals that were standing right before him. Some of these people he had met before in battle. He knew their capabilities. He knew their weaknesses. He knew their allegiances, how tight those allegiances were, if they were sure, if they were steadfast, or if uh, they were a little topsy-turvy, if they could be in influenced he understood that because many of these people he had fought on more than one occasion and so as he is going through the line and he's marking he's marking one with a line and another with two lines the indication was this this was the legend if you will uh, to his means of madness of marking his legend was this one line keep alive very simple Two lines, you, 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 you slay, if I got that correctly. Two full lines, one full line you keep alive. Two lines you put to death. So it's very simple. He's marking out who's going to die and who's going to live. And invariably, the ones that he is marking that were going to live, he's quite, he's familiar with their war tactics. He's familiar with the type of individual. Evidently, in David's mind, he believes to a certain degree that I believe I can convert that one. I believe that I, 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 they will be some type of utility to me and my own army, that I can reform them in such a way they'll, they'll, they haven't very, been very firm in their allegiance where they are. I can sway them. They can come underneath my, my authority and my power. I can utilize them, so I'm going to keep that alive. alive. But there were other people out there that were for sure deadheads, literally deadheads that he marked with two lines, that he knew their allegiances were sure, that they always went to kill, amen, particularly David and others in his close circle. And he knew at that moment in time that there was no way they were going to be converted. There was no way that they were going to be changed, that they were going to be altered, that their mindset was going to be something different than what it always had been. So he said those things right there have to die. David had to weigh out in his mind what had the potential, amen, to be used, to be changed, to be altered, or what was going to be the way it always was, and that it was going to have to die. I'm here to tell you this evening as children of God, as saints of the Most High, we have times in our lives that we need to go through our lives, proverbially, if you will, with such a mark on things in our lives that we need to ask ourselves, can this thing be altered? Can this thing be changed? Can this thing be used for the benefit of my walk and my, my, my relationship with God? If so, I can allow that to live because we can change this, we can alter this. But with that just being as true, I want to tell you that 
tonight without reserve. There are some things in our life that must just die. There are certain things that will never be converted. There are certain things that will never be changed. There are certain things I don't care how much therapy they have in your life. Amen. They will never be altered. Those things must just die. And the calamity of the church and the calamity of our hour is somehow getting the two mixed up. It's mixing up and allowing the things that should die live and the things that should live die. Could you imagine such a horrid mistake in the life of David that if he misjudged or miscalculated and put, put a couple marks where they should have not have been or a mark where it should not have been, something that he thought he could conform, something he thought that he could use or alter and change for his benefit and he really missed it or misjudged it and it was really something that was one that was always set up to go past that inner circle and even go for David himself. Could you imagine him making that flaw and leaving that thing alive just to bring it to his army not to know he had something there that was ready to stab him in the back there's some things in this life that must die the bible speaks to us in the old testament that through a woman there were twins that were in her womb one was by the name of jacob the other was by the name of Esau. Esau would be the firstborn. Jacob would come after him. And we see in scripture that through the life of Esau, he was always self-serving. He was the one that sold his birthright. Am I got this right, guys, or am I messing up? I'm just looking at dead stairs. I'm just trying to figure it out. It, it was this one who would sell his birthright for the self-gratification of a meal just for a moment. He would just sell everything that he had and just a moment's known notice, just give way, amen, to that. But the Bible spoke prophetically of those two sons, that the elder should serve the younger. That first that was born and even the similarity in our lives that one who is first born in our lives is our flesh and that thing that is second born, we're born again. The Bible tells us of the spirit. and the flesh there's a constant warring there. We see it all throughout from the Old Testament scripture to the New Testament scripture. A constant battle, a constant fight between the flesh and between the spirit. Paul speaks of it in the New Testament scripture that there is a constant warring. They are contrary to one another. They they cannot coexist. They cannot coincide. They are constantly at each other. Amen. But he said when the end of the day comes, the elder is going to have to serve the younger. The flesh is going to have to serve the spirit. It's going to have to give way to the call of the spirit. As a matter of fact, he said New Testament scripture, and it's interesting to me, he speaks very frankly and very surely concerning sin in our life. He said sin shall not have dominion over you, but he never said anything concerning your flesh. He said sin won't have dominion over you, which tends me to reason there are times that our flesh can have the upper hand, that it can have dominion if we allow, if we give it ground to have dominion in our life. And whenever you get mixed up, though, in remembering what should die and what should live, sometimes you kill the spirit and you let the flesh live in your life. And as a result of that, there are some very, very detrimental things that will start happening in your life that that starts to happen. And the person that I turn to, that I get my lesson from tonight, is a man by the name of Saul.
Saul somewhere alone in his reign got this all mixed up about what should live and what should die. In the beginning, he had it right. In the beginning, he had the story true. He had the markings right. But along the journey, he began to get things mixed up. And he began to let the flesh live and the spiritual side of him die. Amen. But whenever you allow the things in your life to live that should not live, it's going to separate you from a lot of things. Just listen to me tonight. I will not hold you long. If you read in 1 Samuel chapter number 15, it is the spirit of the Lord through Samuel that is commissioning Saul that he go in among the Amalekites and that he would destroy all. That he would destroy all the livestock, every animal, amen, all of the people, the king, even of the land, that he would destroy all. That was what the spirit through Samuel had spoke to him. But as he goes through the land, the Bible says that he took Agag the king and he spared him and the Bible says that the people spared him and they spared some of the sheep and under the authority of Saul they spared some of the lambs and some of the oxes and so he spared some of these things he's, he's already beginning to get mixed up what should live and what should die amen the command of the spirit was say slay everything don't let everything, anything live. But Saul is already getting a little mixed up in his spirit about what should live and what should die. And when the end of the story came, Samuel comes to him. And he's questioning him about what he let die and what he let live. And the story is this, that Samuel said, I hear the lowing of the ox in the background. I hear some animal. Is that a spoil of war that you have taken? And the Bible tells this very plainly in verse number 20 of 1 Samuel 15, and that will not be up there. But Saul said unto Samuel, yea, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord and have gone the way which the Lord sent me and have brought Agag the king of Amalek and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. He said I did exactly like you said. I, I killed all of the livestock. I killed all of the lambs. I killed all of the oxen. The only, I killed all of the people. The only thing that I did was to keep Agag alive. Look at verse 21. He says but the people. They're the ones that kept the oxen. They're the ones that kept the lambs. I know you're in leadership, Saul, but the people, they were the ones that kept all these other things. And, and the Lord spoke to him and said, listen, listen, Saul. He says, God does not, does not have interest in your sacrifice as much as he does your obedience. He says, I understand all of that. But the point of the story is this. It's at this juncture in the reign of Saul that Samuel tells him, Saul, because you did not obey the voice of the Lord. He says, you have rejected God and God has rejected you. The king of the Amalekites was Agag. You can trace Agag's line, his ancestry, his pedigree through Amalek, through Eliphaz, all the way back to Edom, which is Esau. Because Saul become a little mixed up in what should live and what should die. He kept alive Agag, a descendant of the flesh. And since he kept alive what should die, now that separated him from God. Since you've rejected God, God now has rejected you. 
I'm here to tell this congregation tonight, we got to get these things right. We got to have them lined up just right. Because if we allow our flesh to live, it will be a separator between you and your God. It'll be a separator between you and your blesser. It'll be a separator between you and your healer. It'll be a separator between you and your deliverer. Some things must die. So the flesh separated Saul from God. Notice the response now of the man of God, Samuel. He says, you bring Agag in here. That king, Samuel, gets out his sword. The man of God. What are you doing, Samuel? Because there's some things you can't suffer to live. And he wields that sword and he cuts Agag in many pieces before the Lord. Amen. Because some things must die. So you didn't do the job. I'm trying to be a mediator for you. I'm trying to be a helper for you. I'm a prophet in your life. I'm a seer in your life. I'm the man of God in your life. You've let that live. But as a minister, I'm going to have to come forth and try to kill what you... Let me tell you, folks, there'll be times I'll stand to this pulpit. The veins will pop out my head and my neck, and it may seem like I'm harsh or even times that I'm mad. But what I'm trying to do is kill some of the things that you've allowed to live in your life. As a man of God, I'm trying to do my job. I'm trying to wield a sword because some things must die. We can't take the chance or flirt around with something must die. It's not going to be converted. It's not going to be reformed. The flesh is going to be what the flesh always has been. And it's a detriment to your spiritual soul. Look, look, look what this confusion that starts happening in the life of Saul does. Look what this confusion started to do in the life of Saul. Consider God raised a giant killer and Saul's trying to kill him but he's letting live the king of Agag or the Amalekites king Agag. Whenever you, you, you start not distinguishing and discerning very well what's going on You'll start killing the things that can actually help you in your walk and letting live the things that's going to be detrimental to your walk. God's not interested in the fact that you can remain doing some things and still speak in tongues. He's not interested that you can still flirt with some things and come so many minutes before church for prayer. That doesn't interest God. He knows the end result. When the battle is really over, that very thing you allow to live that should have died is going to kill you and separate you from him. Because see, I can almost see a little arrogance in Saul. 
I've got the king and the Amalekites. I've got Agag here, and I'm living to tell the story. I feel like sometimes people trample on the mercies of God because they still speak in tongues. They still feel God's presence, and they still have things that should be dead in their life alive. And they think, well, see, God, I'm doing great. I can go up. Man, I'm stronger than what I thought I was. God doesn't smile on that type of nonsense because some things must die. They won't be reformed. So the ministry steps in. He wields a sword and kills the things that should have been killed to start with. Slays the things that should have been slayed to start with. But now that Saul's already allowed this to happen, Sister Craig, he's now separated from God. Your flesh will separate you from God. But secondly, in 1 Samuel 22, we read of a story chapter or so prior even to that chapter 21 David is running to the house of the Lord he's fleeing for his life he has some men with him he needs some food he needs some provision Ahimelech the priest is there says we really don't have anything around here but the hallowed bread of the tabernacle he gives David those things because what he's doing requires haste He's running for his life, so he gives him some of those things. But while Ahimelech is doing this for David and the company that is with him, there's over in the shadows there in the corner of the tabernacle one of the servants of Saul, a man by the name of Doeg, who the Bible says is an Edomite. And as he sees David come in and get some of the hallowed blood bread for him and his, his people and Ahimelech give him that, Doeg's taking notes. Ahimelech gave the bread, the hallowed bread, to David and his one. He has so many soldiers. Kind of just tucks that back in his memory. Tucks it back in his heart. And he would then just serve there for only a period of time until he was back into the presence of his commander, Saul, that we read of in 1 Samuel chapter 22 and it is there while they are there that Saul is talking to his commanders and he is talking to his army and he basically tells them hey he said we've been fighting against David we've been trying to capture him we've been trying to apprehend him and he says we, we need we, none of us need to make a league with him but we need to go for him and we need to somehow take his life uh, because he's out there and it's, he's, he's a hard guy to get a hand on you know he, he, he's hard to trace and he's hard to find and then there was Doeg though among the company the Edomite and he says uh, 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 Saul I might have some information about what's going on. I know you said we shouldn't be making no league with him, but I think perhaps some have. As memory serves me, let me see my notes. As as memory serves me, the other day I was over at the temple and and David and some of his men came for some bread and, and Ahimelech the priest gave them some bread to sustain them and to help them and he gave them some victuals and he gave them some food and, and so I'm just telling you today, well, I'm just reporting what I seen and, and what I saw whenever I was there that day. Saul becomes irate. Feels like he has some traitors in his kingdom that are siding with David, Ahimelech of all things, the priest. And he says, I want some of my soldiers and some of my footmen. I want you to go to the house of the Lord and I want you to go there among the priest and I want you to slay 
all of the priests and among his soldiers and his footmen there was not one of them men that said I'll go and do it king but you know who did raise his hand Doeg the Edomite which descended from Esau None of the soldiers will do it. None of the footmen will do it. But Doeg raises, flesh raises his hands. He says, I'll go do it. And he goes back to the house of the Lord where those 85 priests stood. And without, without any withdrawing in his mind about maybe not doing it, he just went in there with no restraint, basically with no conscience, and he goes in there and he kills 85 priests that were in the house of God. Ladies and gentlemen, not only will flesh separate you from God, but flesh will separate you from the ministry. Flesh will separate you from the ministry. Why is that a pinpoint in my life? Because after flesh already separated Saul from God, the ministry went on and stepped in with their sword and took care of flesh. And so he has to do more than just separate you from your God. He has to separate you from the ministry. Some things must die. Because if you allow flesh in your life, it won't just separate you from God. It'll dull your ears to the voice of God through the man of God. It'll dull your ears to your youth pastor. It'll dull your ears to your Sunday school teacher. It'll dull your ears to some of the precious gray-headed saints around here that's lived this life for several years. Some things must die. You can't reform that. So I got to get rid of the minister. I got to get rid of the minister. I got to get rid of the ministry. Because if I separate them from God, that minister's still trying to step in. He's still trying to savage them. He's still trying to salvage them. He's still trying to get them to draw back into a relationship with the Lord. And flesh don't want that. Flesh can't have that. Because flesh can't be the flesh with a man of God in your life that you'll listen to, that you'll be obedient to, that you'll come under the submission of. Flesh can't, flesh can't live as long as there's a minister in the life. Because the minister's always going to come forward and deal with the flesh. Because because it's a mandate from heaven. It's a mandate from the word. So flesh will separate you from God. And Doeg descended from Edom, which is Esau, typical symbolical of the flesh. Now he goes, and now Saul has just wiped out the ministry in his life by virtue of Doeg, the flesh. So at this, at this stage, so at this stage, look at it now. Look what, look what our story has told us. Someone that allowed something in their life that should have died. 
For one, it separated them from God. Number two, it separated them from the ministry. Thirdly, 2 Samuel chapter 1. There's been a battle on Mount Gilboa between the Philistines and the Israelites. Saul's still yet being king. Some of his sons are with him. An arrow has pierced between the joints of Saul's armor. He falls down to the ground. He's asking his armor bearer to slay him because he doesn't want to be tortured by anybody else. His armor bearer says, no, I can't do that. You're king. You're the man. Saul falls upon his own sword, yet does not totally complete the deed that needed to be done. Poor aim for Saul, so he just put himself in further agony. But in 2 Samuel chapter number 1, as a, as a man comes to David with earth struck on his face, David asks him, from whence have you come? So I come from the battle on Mount Gilboa. He says, how went the battle there? So there's a lot of people that has fallen. The war has been very great. He said, for that matter, your good friend Jonathan and King Saul, they're dead. And he said, just to let you know, he said, I seen Saul there and I seen how he was, how he fell in battle. And I knew that he was standing there and knew that he leaned upon his spear and that didn't do the deed. He said, so I went there and I cut off his head. I took his bracelet. I took his jewels. I stood upon him and I slayed him. David says, who are you, sir? What, what person are you? Who are you? What's your, what's your, what's your ancestry? He says, I, I am a Amalek. Amalek, again, back to the grandson of Esau, Eliphaz. Back to Esau, flesh, go all of the way back to when Saul should have killed all the Amalekites. Amalek. He's standing over Saul now. He's taken the life from Saul. Listen to me. Some things must die. Because the very thing that Saul allowed to live first separated him from God. Secondly, separated him from the ministry and ultimately took his life. The thing he should have killed through a process of elimination of God from his life and ministry from his life ended up, Sister Craig, taking Saul's life. All because somebody got a little confused and mixed up about what should live. And what should die. If you'll stand with me this evening. Some things must die. Some things in your Christian life that's not going to be reformed. They're not going to change. They're not going to be turned around and used for your good. There's some things that just just going to have to die. And so you need to walk through your personal life and you need to examine yourself in the Lord and you need to start asking yourself the question, what needs to live, God? And what needs to die? And you need to, you need to have the guidance of God's Spirit upon you as you begin to do it because you don't need to get those things mixed up because you for sure don't want to allow something in your life.
that's going to separate you from God. You for sure don't want to allow something in your life that's going to separate you from the ministry. You for sure don't want to allow something in your life that's going to take you totally from the spirit and the presence of the Lord. If our musicians may come tonight, Jesus was talking to some of the multitude and the disciples in John 6, Bishop. He just told them about how you know sometimes it's not going to be the bread and the loaves them gathering together to him sometimes it's not going to be the miracle and the sign that they'll get it's just just going to be the love that they have for God just being with him partaking of the spiritual things that he has to offer the Bible said that after he had that little discourse with them that there were some of his disciples that whenever they heard that they said man that, that's a hard saying who can hear this and Jesus knew within himself what they were murmuring, what they were saying. He even asked him, does this offend you? Can I say it like this? Does this offend you that I asked you and require of you of some things that just have to die in your life and there's other things you can only let live? And he told them very plainly then. He said, it's the spirit that that quickeneth he says but the flesh profiteth nothing the flesh profiteth nothing I think this evening we need to get out our, our pen I can help you with one thing for sure in our lives that must die and it's the flesh Let me tell you right, you don't have to start weighing out and discerning whether or not that needs to go. I can help you with that one. That one's got to die. Because it'll separate you from God. How's that so, Pastor? It'll convince you that you don't need to pray. It'll convince you. Let me just speak in terms we all understand this. It'll, 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 it'll speak to you that after you've had a very busy week that it, it's owed to you to just be able to be relaxed and not involve yourself in worship. Amen. Some things just must die. Pastor, what do you You're full of bologna cheese and some corned beef and hash. say well it doesn't do that but you know what and this is typical and then it's just flesh and when we start talking about flesh flesh starts rearing its head whenever I stand up here and start talking about it's something that needs to die it stands up in defiance and says you're not taking my life you know what it's doing doesn't like the minister doesn't like the preacher because he stands up and with his sword and tries to then go on and kill what maybe someone else left undone. You know what he'll start then doing then? Your flesh telling you that I'm just full of baloney. He'll tell you who does he think he is telling us to worship. 
Who does he think he is telling us to pray? Who does he? I don't go here very often, but I will tonight, all right? I'm putting all the cards on the table. Who does he think he is? He's my cousin. He's my brother. That's my son. Who does he think he is telling me that? Listen, whenever I stepped into this church tonight, I became your pastor. And some things must die. I willed the sword, people. I willed it. But you, 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 you. Nobody else could go through for David, the commander of that officer, and start marking what needed to die or what needed. Nobody else could. He was the captain. He was the commander. That was his spoils. He had to go through with the discernment and begin to mark it. I'm telling you as a man of God I can come up with my sword after you let it live and, and, and try to kill it off but you need to do of your own making tonight come through with your pen matter of fact tonight and I know I'm pulling a little bit of a bishop here if you got a pen or you got a pencil you got something in your purse or your wallet or some type of writing utensil I want you to bring that with you to the altar tonight I know we don't have dead bodies up here for you to start making marks on foreheads. But in your mind, as you come up tonight, I want you for sure just to put, just, just go on and put those marks that need to be made upon the flesh in your life. Because we cannot suffer it to live. It will, again, three things, and I close, three things. It will separate you from God. It will separate you from the ministry. And ultimately, it will take your life. These altars are... Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.